welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't want to be an army one. What did you feel about the world when you were 18? Did you feel like people dismissed you and your views because you were quote unquote young? Did you have older friends or did you tend to stay within your age group? Did you even have an awareness of politics or social justice? How much has your worldview changed since you were 18? This episode's guest and I unpack some of these questions while also shedding some light on her experience as a human straddling two races and how she views her role as the bridge to both. If you haven't sat down with someone from Gen Z, those born between 1997 and 2015 and are between 8 and 23 years old, I hope after hearing this conversation it inspires you to. Let me know if you did by joining the conversation on either facebook.com slash group slash genxvoice or on Instagram at genxvoice. Can we move forward as a society if we don't listen to what the youth say each generation? Some may argue we only move forward when we do. Hi, Megan. Hi, Trish. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I went to Fry's today thinking I'd run into you, and then I realized that you took the day off. So <laughs> how, <laughs> how'd you spend your day off? Would you, what have you been doing today? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I haven't really been doing anything, but I stayed up all night watching Pineapple Express, so I slept <laughs> in today. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple Express, man, that's, a, that's an oldie. Are you a... And, uh, are you a big fan of 90s and 2000s stoner movies? Oh, my gosh, yes. I love Seth Rogen and James Franco's relationship. Like it's, <laughs> it's so weird, but it's so entertaining. I actually love those two as well. Um, so have you seen all of their movies they've done together? I saw This is the End a little while ago, and it was really, really funny. It's crazy. That's a crazy movie. I know, and it was so weird how they used their real names in the movie, but it made it better. (laughs) It really did. It was so awesome. And real real names of the actors they'd run into in houses and things. Like, was it Chevy Chase's house? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. I don't, I think so. They had Rihanna in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Um, So you're not a stoner. No, no. <laughs> but yet you like those stoner guys. Are there other kind of stoner movies that you like? 
Um, hmm. Or drug movies that you're like, that's pretty funny, even though that's not anything near what I do with my time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but I just, I love the older movies. I loved Bad Boys. I love... Those guys are sober, right? I don't think they Mm -hmm, do. Yes. Because they're cops, right? Yeah, they're just trying to get the bad guys who have the dreads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a movie called Friday? Yes, I loved Friday. It's so oh, iconic. Good. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear. You know, it's hard to tell. And we might as well tell the listeners or ask, I might as well ask you for the listener's sake, Megan, um, how old sure. are you? I, I'm 18 years old. I just turned 18 in April. And Megan, what generation do you most identify with? Uh, for a while, I thought I was a millennial till I learned where millennial stops, maybe in like the early or the late 1990s. So I would say I'm Generation X. Generation X. Have you ever heard the term iGen? Oh, wait, not Generation X, Generation Z? Z. Is that where yeah. the 2000s? Yes. <laughs> Generation X is me. But both of us, boy, once you start talking about stoner movies, then you just kind of go into that stoner brain, even if you've never seen <laughs> And it's like, yeah, okay, so Generation X, like me. And I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, I know. But have you ever heard of the term iGen, which stands for the Internet Generation? No, I haven't. Okay, well... That's a book that uh, I was introduced to a couple years ago. It might have been last summer um, that a lot of people in academia were reading because of wanting to, you know, understand the new young people and their connection to the Internet, Um, because especially for us older folks that tend to work with your generation as teachers or college professors and even Mm -hmm. employers, um, we, for the most part, didn't have the internet like you know it today until the um, mid to late 90s. And actually, a lot of my peers didn't even get into the internet until the 2000s, which blows my mind, but I'm not here to judge. I I went in (laughs) different circles and um, as the listeners know, I was pretty young when I had my first computer. But um, but anyway, it seems like Gen Z is the one that's sticking. Um, and so let me ask you this, Megan, with um, have uh, formally identified as millennial to now discovering yourself as a Gen Z, um, can you tell any differences between the two generations? Honestly, I I really can't. Well, except for the fact that my generation, we are like born and raised on the internet. And that's basically all we know. And millennials, they take a lot of pride in having to have been raised before that time and seeing as to how they had, yeah, like they had face-to-face interaction that we don't really have anymore because of the internet. So I was thinking I had that in my childhood because I didn't have a phone like I do now, but, and and I am in that age range. How old were you when you first discovered the internet? Do you even remember? 
I would say maybe first grade. I loved, I loved computer class. I loved going on those websites and learning. It just made everything easier and fun. It's so interesting to think of a first grader going into a computer lab because, um, again, I'm a little different. Uh, not a lot of Gen Xers are in the group that I am where we actually had the Apple IIe computer in our computer lab in elementary school. And so um, I was learning how to do comp- computer programming in like fifth or sixth grade. Um, but for you, it was just instead of like playing games, you know, like making the turtle draw pictures and how to make it do that, you were actually looking up information. So um, at first grade, so that's really interesting, especially considering the fact that um, millennials and older, we still used the card catalog. Do you know what the Dewey Decimal System is? No. <laughs> And I hope every listener that is millennial and older um, just took a pause and went, what? So <laughs> in the libraries at the schools and public libraries, there'd be these big cabinets with these tiny little drawers and like CD drawers. Do you remember your mom having like little drawers that she had her CDs stacked in? Oh, yeah. It was like a we had like a little book. Oh, okay. CDs. Well, she would just the, flip through. Before the book, there were these drawers. So these card catalogs um, were these little drawers where these little index cards, these little like eight by 12 cards would sit with like someone had taken on a typewriter and like typed out um, these numbers that related to where the book was in the library. So you would go in and you would look it up and look figure out, okay, so it says um, this, this number means this section and this number means like this, this area. And so you would take that, you'd write it down and then you'd go and find it in the library that way. When you would do school reports, were you ever doing research in the library or was it always on the computer? It was always on the computer when I was in high school the first thing that we got was a Chromebook of our own. And that's how we recorded notes. That's how we found information. And if you would get in trouble if you didn't have it. Wow. How did you like having your own Chromebook? That must have been the best thing ever. It was. It made everything easier. And and it was nice to carry a computer around because I was like, oh, look at me with, with my computer. Right? Like... <laughs> Listen, I still feel like that to this day. I don't think it ever gets old to have like a sweet new laptop. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. I got the one that I'm recording with for my birthday. (laughs) Oh, nice. And what kind of computer is it? It's a gaming computer in HP. And when I got it, I was like, (laughs) look at me with my HP. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let I'm me sorry. just look this up real quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm too cool for you right now. Um, <laughs> so growing up in the 2010s, right? Yeah, 2010s. That, yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around when you came into consciousness. 
and thinking about <laughs> like what, what I was doing at that time. Um, what was, what was childhood like for you? What are some of the things that you, um, that you did as a kid? We know you were on the mm-hmm. internet. Yes. I was always on YouTube or doing those little paint games online, but I was someone who really loved being outside as well. And I think I get that from my mother because she loves hiking. She loves being outside and smelling the fresh air. So if I wasn't inside playing on my laptop or on a phone, I was outside riding my bike. I was swimming, you know, and I think I'm very grateful that I had that growing up because, you know, staying inside and not being able to enjoy the outside world and seeing how, even though there's a small little world on your computer, there's also one all around you. And I was thankful that, you know, I was taught that growing up. Mm -hmm. Do you find your peers are more are less likely to be outdoorsy than say um people that you know that are older than you Mm, I would say that I would say that people around my age we like to be inside more often we we even like to be communicating through the internet instead of being in person I don't know if it's because of shyness or that's all we know, but anyone that I've seen that's older is like, go outside. It's such a beautiful day and go try this place to eat and go here because it's good to let that sun on your skin or just not be on your phone all the time. And a lot of us hear that and we don't really process it we just think ah it's just the older generation like they don't they just think we're always on our phones and we're lazy so they just brush it off or ignore it but you're but they really are on their phones all the time that's why they're not going yes. outside they're they're like okay i'm going to i'm going to do um i'm going to do a post about this like how the older generations mm-hmm. um like okay boomer that they say that all the time <laughs> Right, which doesn't actually come from your generation. It comes from the millennial generation. So mm-hmm. um, what does OK Boomer mean to you? Oh, it's, um, it's very dismissive. Saying OK Boomer is kind of the equivalent to being like kids these days. Like, look at them. That's our way of taking it and throwing it back in their face. So usually if I ever said, okay, boomer, it was like something that had to do with politics when someone would say something crazy. So I'd just be like, okay, boomer. And that would be your way of dismissing them instead of asking them to engage. So you're just kind of shutting that off. Have you ever actually instead of saying, okay, boomer thought, well, what if I asked some questions, I could get a deeper understanding of why this person made this political comment. Hmm. Honestly, not really that often. And it's not because of an age thing. It's because a lot of the time, especially with politics is that a lot of people, they don't really argue to understand. They argue to win. 
So instead of seeing where you come from and why you think the way that you do, I guess it's just easier for both of us to be like, you're wrong, you're wrong. And let it that be that, which is really, really sad. Yeah, it's it's definitely a shame that um, there's a, this huge disconnect between people wanting to have a deeper understanding of where people are coming from instead of just being like, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What about um, the, have you ever heard of the term um, Karen? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And what is, again, this is a term that wasn't created from your generation, um, but do you do you and your peers use that term often? We do. And what does that term mean to you? To me, usually, because I surround myself with a lot of Black friends, we usually use Karen to describe a, usually a middle-aged white woman who can't mind her business when it comes to other people and they're very easy to irritate. They'll report you to the police for no reason. And that's what a Karen is to us. Just like we kind of use Chad for the male definition of a Karen. So middle age um, is Gen X. And one of the reasons why I have such a passion for this podcast project is because Gen X has always been kind of pushed aside and called, we were called slackers. I was like a a preteen when I first heard that term being used for my generation. And now to be dismissed and lumped as this group of middle-aged racist um, cop-calling people, bigots, um, is why I wanted to do this podcast and have people like you on it because it's really these terms, although kind of funny, um, they are dismissive and they're hurtful. Just like I would never want anyone to call um, someone from a different, you know, color or gender identity, a negative name. Um, mm-hmm. but what, um, so you hang out with a lot of black friends. Um, mm-hmm. what racial identity do you identify with? Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, for a long time, I have always said that I am a black woman because even though that I do have a white side, it's almost like throughout any situation in my life, I'm not allowed to identify with my white side, just like how Obama was a half white man and no one cared about that at all. They just said, go back to Kenya or this is the first black man in the white house. And being a biracial person, it's really hard to navigate that, especially growing up because it's almost like you can't win with whatever you identify as. Because if I were to say I am a black woman, people would say, but you have a white side. And because everyone knows that and they'll still let you identify as a black woman, you're kind of taking up space in the black community that doesn't belong to you. And then if I'm like, 
oh, well, okay, I'm a white woman then, which people would be like, you don't look like a white woman. You're not because of the one drop rule. And then if I'm like, okay, well, I'm biracial then, people would say, you're using that term to to erase your black side or your white side. So it's kind of a double-edged sword with anything that I identify as. But seeing as to how America would view me at the end of the day, I have been identifying as a black woman. Wow, Megan, that sounds like a really difficult place to exist in. How do you mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Well, not to sound cliche or anything, but I'm human first before any race. You know, I'm not my skin color, I'm not my hair. I'm the person underneath all that. That's beautiful and that helps you sort of put on a um a sort of spiritual armor when you're going out into the world. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to see what the negatives are about anything that I identify as, I've learned that because of my proximity to whiteness and blackness, I have a special point of view. Like I can infiltrate both spaces and kind of connect the bridge if I can to see, hey, this is what this is how this side feels and this is what they're going through and how can we talk about it? And how do you do you find yourself building bridges between the yes. two races? Yes, because I have I have family on my white side who still believe that there is no systemic oppression against black people and there is no you just have to work hard to get where you are. And me being biracial, I infiltrate that space. Like, of course they love me because I am a part of their family and I was raised by my white side, but they don't have anyone like me or my two brothers in the house, in their house or in their family. And then when we come in and we're like, hey, we have this whole other identity that goes through something else. It's almost like they have to listen because they love us and we're a part of their family. Do you find that you get through on both sides ever? Hmm. It usually depends. It usually depends. You know, sometimes people still want to stay in that mindset of, you know, going to the generational thing, they think, oh, well, she's so young. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And all the young people are all rah, 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 let's change the world. Like, just get over it. But my mother and my great, great grandmother, they listen. And it's because of me being able to infiltrate that space. And and just to remind the listeners, we've interviewed both of those women. We've interviewed your mother and your great-grandmother. And so it's really a special treat to have you as well, Megan. So thank you so much for taking your time to to be with us today and share this third generation of the Lovells. Is is that how you say your last name? (laughs) Yes, you got it right. (laughs) I want to be like Lavelle because (laughs) of my French, but... (laughs) <laughs> um, 
So, you know, I want to go back to the comment that you made where older people have a tendency to dismiss young people with their rhetoric and um, mm-hmm. point of views as them being, um, in your words, rah, 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 let's change the world. Do you think it's mm-hmm. ironic that the baby boomers were actually the generation who protested the Vietnam War? They were the first generation who burned their draft cards. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but they used to have these, like like you have voting cards. They'd have these draft mm-hmm. cards that the United States would give you, and it was mandatory at 18 for all men to go to war. And it was the baby wow. boomers who actually assembled in mass all over the country and would burn those government-issued cards. And they grew their hair long, and they wore bell-bottoms and love beads, and the peace symbol was really big. Do you find it ironic that that is the same generation that's now dismissing your generation's desire to change and revolt? Yes. Um, it's funny because after hearing that and seeing how they would be like, be quiet or you guys don't know what you're talking about, yada, yada, yada. You would think that they would be very empathetic towards what we're fighting for. And I don't know if it's because they've been fighting for so long that they're tired or they think we're going about it the wrong way, or there's nothing to be protesting about. And it was funny because the other day when I was at work, there was a woman who was from that baby boomer generation and she wanted me to make her a cake. And she was like, in her younger days, she was all about the peace and the Woodstock and being all about love and connection. And it's just funny to hear that right now too, because it's like, oh, like this really was their thing. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Black Panther movement in the 1970s? Yes. That was also the baby boomers. That was them too? Yes. So how, they kind of... How, how's, that, how's that blow your mind, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you think you think someone from my age group and my point of view that these people, they don't we think that they don't know anything about struggle and that they all came from this generation where you could go to sleep with the door unlocked. You'd be surprised how many of us think that. And after learning, that comes from a place of privilege, not. a Right. That's that's true. Um, because also the civil rights movement was right before that. And so the boomers actually grew up watching uh, the Selma protests, the Selma march marches and Martin Luther King speeches and the devastation that the United States had when he was shot, as well as the devastation that occurred when um, the JFK administration, who your great-grandmother talked very highly about, were trying to, um, they were trying to end the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacist group in the South. So if, if now that you know this information, Megan, 
instead of saying, okay, boomer, would you be more or less inclined to pursue a conversation with a baby boomer? I think I would. I, I don't like this hostility towards each other just because of our age group. I think that if we just talked about things open-minded with kindness, then we could probably realize that we have so much more in common and there's so much more that we can connect with. And there's so much more to talk about instead of politics and what do you think on this and what do you think on that? And although those things are important and need to be talked about, there needs to be this love that's between generations because with all these things happening with people learning about how racism still exists, how we have a president who condones this type of behavior. We can't be at each other's throats. We have to come together. That's true. And I hope, I hope that you do um, begin to try to have conversations instead and maybe even encourage your peers, at least in the group that you have a contact with, to maybe instead of being like, okay, boomer, or whatever, Karen, <laughs> um, to see mm-hmm. where you could have some similarities so that we could all move forward as, um, as, as a world, as a, as a people. See, I'm, I'm Gen X, so I'm super cheesy because I grew up in a world where we all wore African medallions. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. <laughs> um, white people had dreadlocks. We loved Bob Marley, mm-hmm. Rastafarianism, which I understand is um, talks about the white devil. But hell, we all thought that corporate America was the white devil too. You know, we mm-hmm. hated um, authority and you know, we picked up where the baby boomers and the hippies left off with our music in grunge and the rave scene and coming together with love and hope and peace. And um, I'm not sure that I've heard that kind of um, anti-disestablishmentarianism ideals from millennials, um, but they are very mm-hmm. distrusting of everyone. Um, oh yeah. How, <laughs> how how do you think? Since it's kind of new to you to to imagine that that there was these old people that are being dismissed, um, having you know fought sort of the battle for social justice. Um, how how do you how did your generation get woke, if I can use that term? Which, by the way, is from the nineteen sixties. And I know that word because of um, an Erica Badu song that came out in 2009. Oh, we, we, um, we use the internet. (laughs) We, we talk to each other all the time and we're constantly taking new information in our brains. That is if you choose to, and, and you're not really concerned with the Kardashians are doing, (laughs) That's how I learned everything. That's how I learned to use my lighter skin privilege to speak up for other people, to connect. When everything was going 
down in Sudan. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. How everyone knew is we we just shared petitions. We we shared what was going on. Everyone changed their profile picture to blue. And that's how we get new information instead of doing the she said, he, he said thing. Do you feel like your generation is more connected as a whole than other generations are connected to themselves? I think so. Why do you think that is? Well, hmm. Because we, I think it's because we can all understand each other because of our age group. Like we're more open to talking to people who are our age because we still feel that hostility or that just dismissive attitude towards people who are older than us, which is really sad and goes unnoticed. Actually just realizing like, why are we so quick to be like, bye to everyone who's like 10 years older than us. Mm -hmm. I noticed. (laughs) That's why I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) I want to stop that. That's my protest is I want to, I want to pull you guys out of your silos. So I, I, I appreciate what your, what your perception is, but I want to challenge you um, to, to rethink mm-hmm. what the question is. And that is, um, do you think that your generation is more connected to itself than say Gen X is connected to themselves or baby boomers are connected to themselves? Oh. And, and if so, why? Do you think that does that does that make sense? I want to kind of ask it in a different way to see if I'm getting that. Are you are you asking if we're more connected with each other than how you guys are connected with each other? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh now that I think about it, no. You guys have more of an understanding of each other because you are like the middle child of your generation of your generation between millennial and baby boomer mm-hmm. with us we don't really talk to each other unless it's about superficial things and people who really care like for us it's surprising how a lot of my generation says that we're all about activism and changing the world there are people in my generation where it's more performative because it's like a trend to be someone who's woke and smart and knows about this and knows about that. Like I see it all the time. So because of that, there is this part where we're cut off from each other. So I think you guys are more, together than we are it's hard to tell though really isn't it it really is and it's because of not having that conversation together yeah it's really interesting because when I was 18 I had a really good friend who was my age and now to have 
to be the woman on the other side of that friendship because you're, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, this is the, I learned so much from that woman, from those women actually. Cause then when I was 21, I also had another friend who was 20 years, 20 plus years older than me. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of the ways that I think and perceive the world were infiltrated by these really amazing independent. Um, it's no wonder that I'm so independent because they're, <laughs> neither of them were married or uh, I think they were both divorced. Um, you know, I, and I just was like, at first it was kind of scary, you know, like what, uh, why am I sitting here with this older person? <laughs> what do I bring to the table? <laughs> but it's pretty interesting how if you just open your heart and mind that people just, they, they connect. Would you agree? Would you, would you have thought in your wildest dreams that you would be sitting around talking with a woman that started as friends with your mom? No, never, (laughs) (laughs) never, ever. Well, I'm so honored that you have given me a chance, Megan, because I feel like our conversations and the connection that we have with each other is truly beautiful. And I really hope that more people take the time to look outside of their generations and be friends with each other. Me too. It's about time. It's about time. Have I inspired you to, to, to maybe think of other people, at least in the Gen X generation? <laughs> yes. I've, I've learned that your generation, it's so crazy because for a while, I didn't even know there was a Generation X. I know. I thought people, that was my passion was to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to learn today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am Trish. I'm Gen X. <laughs> I just thought they were, there was millennial and baby boomer like that was it for a while just millennial and baby boomer if he I thought my mom was a millennial because of the way she acted she was never into 80s music or like Frank Sinatra or anything she was always I don't know that's old okay that's what I know that's like your great grandma's generation I know okay I love a little bit of Frank Sinatra I mean I love I love me some Frank Sinatra (laughs) don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. and um she just listened to Erica Badu or hip-hop TLC so that's what I grew up on so I thought She's not an old lady at all, or (laughs) she's, you know, a millennial or someone who's, I guess, just young in how she acts. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that she had her own generation. Well, and it's funny because she really is kind of a a cusp baby because called Mm -hmm. millennial. Because she has so many of the same qualities of older millennials and younger Gen Xers. So there's like a really interesting pocket of people who were born between 1970, I would say me, but, you know, because I'm at the end of 1975 as a December baby. So like between 76 and 1981, 
there's a really interesting group of people that are just not exactly Gen X or millennial, um, Mm -hmm. which is really fascinating to talk to your mom about. But, um, but anyway, um, it's funny because when you hear the term Karen, what, what you said Mm -hmm. that middle age. So did you just think millennial were just, we're middle age? Cause I know every millennial right now is like screaming at their, at their speakers. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm only 35. <laughs> um, yeah, we thought, we thought they were middle aged because we think that middle aged people, they just don't have any idea what's going on that they just walk oblivious through the world. And they think they just want to go back in time where everyone was like good old boys and we just played frisbee outside and everything was perfect. Which it's crazy learning that because now I see that that didn't really happen in the 60s at all. No. Or or I, I don't think that even happened with you guys either. Oh, definitely didn't happen with us. I mean, we might have played frisbee <laughs> golf, but um, we were very aware of the fact that that shit was going down and that black people were historically targeted for being pulled over and um, mm-hmm. criminalized and um, it, as well as any people of color um, who, like I said, we were really suspicious of the government. And so um, anyway, I'm just so happy that Um, that we met because it's so important even for us see it's a very symbiotic relationship right like I get to teach you about this generation that doesn't have a lot we're Mm -hmm. just kind of lurking in the background in the internet because we've been on it longer than any any millennials or boomers we created the internet Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like we we created the culture of the internet now um you know but at the end of the day, we have so much to learn from what you're saying and what your generation's perception of the world is. And that's why it's so much, it's so important to, um, to get into these conversations. So again, I really appreciate you because you're teaching us a lot too, but Megan, we've gotten to that point in the podcast where we're going to do some rapid fire questions are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And these are going to be fun because just like I <laughs> asked these questions to your mom and your great grandma, um, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear how you answer them. So, and, and all my guests actually get asked this, but just because of the fact that like I asked your great grandma, these questions and you, it's just, I'm so excited. So what's your favorite memory from childhood? Oh, my favorite memory from childhood is how me and my brothers and my mom, our trip to Illinois and our trips to Arizona. I just, I loved being in the car with my family and we had each other to keep each other entertained. And we would stop at gas stations in the middle of the night. And I just, whenever I think about that, it just fills me with so much nostalgia and it makes me grateful to have them. It's just, uh, it's such a treasure. That sounds wonderful. Um, what's your favorite, or do you have a favorite 80s band or musician? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's because, you know, because my mom said she didn't listen 
I didn't listen either. So, so, so even as a young person, you didn't revolt against your mom and go discover what, what was going on in the eighties? No, because <laughs> when I listened to it, I was just like, yeah, I kind of see what she's talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what about um, 80s film? Have you ever watched any 80s movies? Probably. I just didn't pay attention to when it was made. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything probably feels was, like an oldie, right? Or a classic. <laughs> Unless it's black yeah, and white, then you're like, that's really old. <laughs> <laughs> was Halloween an 80s movie? Or a 70s movie? Well, depends. The franchise really gained momentum in the 80s. Um, but the first Halloween, I believe, um, was in like 1979. I don't know. I said that for One Flew, flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because that's what your grandma said for an 80s film. Later found out it was <laughs> 1975 and it wasn't 19, it wasn't even near the 80s. But um, wow. so, so, so like slasher films, though, you like that kind of stuff. I, we count that. We yeah. count that. I love I love slasher films. That was, in my opinion, I feel like that was the peak of slasher films. Like I loved Scream. I would watch all of them. Those were the nineties. So that was the nineties. That was the nineties. Yeah, feels oh really old. Huh? <laughs> it does. It was old for us too, Megan. Trust me, because all those people are okay. parents now. <laughs> wow. Um. So. Um. The next question is really interesting because you are 18. Technically, you mm-hmm. would have still been in high school right now. Is that right? Yes. So instead of asking, did you, did you go to college? The question would be for you, do you want to go to college? And if so, why? And if not, why? I do want to go to college. I feel like. I would learn a lot there. I really, really want to take a logics class. I just hear that anyone who's taken it, like their mind is open. Plus I would love to learn how things work when people argue or plus I feel like it would, I could present what I need to say much better. And I do want a career in nursing or to be a clinician that helps people who have mental health issues. I want to be something that's a little bit, you know, above minimum wage. Right. Um, what was your favorite band or musician as, um, as a teen? I guess you're still a teen. So who are you listening to right Mm -hmm. now, Megan? (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love Fleetwood Mac. I have you seen, um, the movie practical magic? I have not. Is it on Netflix? I think it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's not happening then. If it's, if it's <laughs> not on Hulu or Netflix, I just cannot justify another subscription. So I'll have to take your word for it. But So wait a minute. So you'll like the 70s. You know, Fleetwood Mac was pretty big in the 80s too. Really? Uh, yeah, rumors, I believe, <laughs> if you look that up, rumors I think came out in like 1982. So... Hello. (laughs) Welcome to the 80s, Megan. You're one of us now. (laughs) Okay, so um, what I want to ask you now, Megan, is um, what advice would you give to, um, and this could even be people younger than you, because at this point, Megan, 
your younger um, housemates that come to visit mm-hmm. every other week, um, your mom's partner's children, um, they're going to definitely be a different generation than yours. Would you agree? Yes, they, what, they would. What advice would you give either them or all the other generations that are in front of you as in um, millennial, zennial, Gen X, baby boomers, and your great-grandmother's generation, the silent generation? What advice would you give them either to get through the dark times or just life in general? Um, for life in general, I would say let go of stereotypes and a biasness that you have towards people, because even though we like to say that we've, you know, jumped over that hoop and we don't have it anymore, sometimes we do. And say nice things to yourself. Change the way you talk to yourself and it'll make a huge difference in how you feel and how you move and breathe through the world. I love that. That is some beautiful advice. Well, Megan, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Welcome. I had so much fun. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army one.